All right, Bitcoin accumulation country, welcome to the Fun with Bitcoin podcast, sponsored by Crypto Cloaks 3D Printing for all your 3D printing needs, and Swan Bitcoin for all your dollar cost averaging and stacking Bitcoin needs. We've got a really great episode with a fantastic Bitcoiner and meme lord, Greg Zash. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Fun with Bitcoin podcast. I'm your host, Coin Icarus, and joining me today is no stranger to um, Nico and I's YouTube channel, uh, Simply Bitcoin. He is a fellow Bitcoiner and Bitcoin memer, and I just he's he's grown on me. You know, not like a fungus, right? But like 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 a you know like family. Like a brother, you know, like somebody I just want to hang out with all the time. I'm talking about Greg Zaj. Greg, thank you so much for joining me on my pod, man. This is cool. It's my pleasure, Phil. I'm having a blast already. <laughs> and yes, uh, you're not the first person to refer to me as some type of fungus. I think, uh, <laughs> I think most of my friends can attest to that problem. <laughs> oh, man. So, okay. Um, but again, you know, fungus can be good, right? Like Brandon yeah, Quidam, totally. right? Like Brandon Quidam explains the whole Brandon thing about mycelium. So right, Brandon. Brandon thinks we should all just bend the knee to Bitcoin and become symbiotic with it at this point. Right? He says you can't kill can't kill the superorganism. Right? Symbiotic fungus Bitcoin people, you know. Yeah, and we're that, just we're just we're just fungus Bitcoin people. It's all we we're just mold. We're just some fungus. <laughs> we're just mold. I like that one. We're just mold. <laughs> we're just mold. Just helping the mold grow and conquer everything. Right. That's that's what it I does, anyways. Stuff, Brandon. Yeah, and, and now we just gave him a shout out. So people are going to be like, what the hell are they talking about? I'll put a link to his stuff in the show notes. But you but, should put a link to his stuff in the show notes. But this stuff is excellent. <laughs> but this is not a Brandon fanboy podcast episode. This is a Greg Zaj fanboy episode. So, um, you know, I, I, I the first time I ever really met you was, you know, I, I'd see your stuff on Twitter and you're just freaking hilarious. And I could just tell that you have this great vibe. And then, obviously, we had you on the Simply Bitcoin podcast, and you totally decimated my homelessness. So <laughs> I, I, I knew that I, I knew that you know that, that we would be friends, and I'm looking forward to when we eventually meet at one of these Bitcoin conferences. Um, Heck yeah! But before you know, I, I want to. I, I definitely want to know your rabbit hole story. Like how you know where were you before Bitcoin, and how did you get into Bitcoin, and and then we're gonna go into the memes. All right. All right. Yeah. Rabbit hole story. Rabbit hole story. All right, so I'm a curious person by nature anyway, right? So I collect things, and I'm curious. And my entire life, I I, I started reading science fiction when I was, like, seven with Ender's Game, and I was just, like, super hooked. So that got me down the uh, fantasy and dreaming and technology rabbit hole. I love to, like, come up with... Um, interesting worlds in my mind and because of this science fiction addiction mm -hmm. um I, like I became it. i became addicted to like collecting things around that uh around that um space so i was big into like magic the gathering cards uh playing that game and figuring out the fundamentals of building a deck and that was cool uh always wanted to like know what the universe was made up of and get down to like the basic building blocks of reality mm -hmm. and i never realized that money 
was a thing that was foundational to the human experience until I read that, uh, I read that silly Bitcoin white paper and like, uh, I read it in like 2011 and life just kind of passed me by after I'd read it. I thought it was really cool, really interesting. I looked at playing around with internet money. I didn't realize the, the magnitude of the problem solving that had gone into this engineering development. And a couple of years went by. I saw uh, when Coinbase launched, I, I, I was like, all right, cool. I'll buy some, buy some Bitcoin on this, on this Coinbase thing. This is cool. They made it easy. This guy got some of these little collectibles. Nobody else can have them. <laughs> and then there were, um, again, it was, it was just like a surface level thing. And my, uh, my wife and I had just gotten married. We were having kids and life again, just kind of gets in the way of anything, anything outside of your family. And then there was the big run up in 2016, 2017. Mm -hmm. And at that point I was holding uh, a little bit of Bitcoin, a little bit of Bitcoin cash and a little bit of Ethereum and the Bitcoin, Bitcoin cash block size debate really got me disinterested in Bitcoin. I thought maybe they, somebody had lost the message Mm -hmm. in the space. And I was like, all right, these guys have clearly fucked up what they're trying to do let me see who's got their shit together and like any smart person i latched on to vitalik buterin boy genius uh, <laughs> and his shit show of a coin ethereum <laughs> and i became an ethereum fanboy for uh for the 2017 2018 2019 even run i just i'd gone all in there and then um the more I dug into Ethereum, the more I realized it was just just a circle jerk of trying to figure out how to explain what this thing was. The narrative kept changing about what they were trying to do, what they were trying to accomplish. Are they trying to do TPS? They're trying to do world computer. They're trying to do smart contracts. And the whole supply gate issue with Pierre Rochard, but I was a maximalist at that point, so let's not go too far into the future. Uh, <laughs> um, I really got into uh, Preston Pish's The Investor's Podcast mm. series because he's uh, he's big into Warren Buffett and value investing, and I had, I'd, I'd read a lot of Warren Buffett's material. And he kept talking about Bitcoin, 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 Bitcoin. I'm like, well, this guy seems smart. He's obviously seeing something I'm not. So I took a deep dive into like Preston's material, looked at his Mark Yusko interview, looked at his Plan B interview, um, bunch of his other interviews and he just he really takes a deep dive and good <laughs> crosses t's dots his eyes he goes into like some hard math and figuring out and explaining what's happening with the bond market and yield curve control and the importance of an asset that you can't debase he talks about ray dalio and these long-term credit cycles and i'm like mm. okay this is making sense this is where bitcoin actually fits into a paradigm where you can stop the bullshit that these central banks have been forcing upon the world. And I started coming around and around. I realized I needed to really up my game on understanding uh, Austrian economics. So I read a bunch of Rothbard. I read Mises, mm-hmm. uh, Human Action. Uh, I just found out from uh, one of Preston's shows that there was a thing called Bitcoin Twitter. So I, I reactivated an old Twitter account of mine. Uh, it was before I knew that OPSEC was something I should be concerned about. 
<laughs> it was just my name. And uh, and they started like uh, basically just sitting in the darkness and watching this conversation that's going on back and forth between these like these brilliant people in this space. Like, oh, my God, everybody here has an interesting opinion and everybody here is backing up their claims with like with real finance and economics and math. And, oh, OK. All right. So. Um, maybe I need to rethink my position on Ethereum. And I chimed in on like one of American Hoddle's um, Twitter threads, and he basically just laid into me about uh, I had a dot ETH in my uh, in my Twitter handle. Oh Ew. yeah, he laid into me hard. He laid into me so hard. Um, and then uh, I was like, all right, I, I dropped the dot ETH. And then uh, within like three <laughs> weeks of him making fun of me the precipice stuff, reading uh, human action and the real kicker they did. It was Robert Breedlove's piece, the uh, Bitcoin and the number zero. Yes. Which really drove home the importance of what this thing was. And I was like, all right, Ethereum is clearly a shit coin. I've missed, I've missed years of the boat on Bitcoin. I need to go all in on this thing. <laughs> Switch my entire stack over. And I've been, falling face first down the rabbit hole man i just i can't stop reading medium articles i can't stop listening to podcasts and watching uh the youtube podcasts and that's weird my my life before was was very different i would i would uh spend most of my day at work and then if i had downtime i'd be looking at you know memes on reddit and uh i figured I don't have a lot to contribute to this space, but I have a deep knowledge and history of memeing mm-hmm. that <laughs> maybe I can take this Bitcoin stuff on a tangent and at least maybe make some people laugh. And I've been having a fun time doing that mm-hmm. and meeting some of you people on uh, on Twitter and in YouTube and Telegram space. It's, it's just been a blast. And, I'm along for the ride with everybody at this point. Man. Meaning my way into the future. It's been amazing. I Honestly, I only met you like I think, uh, you know, uh, like maybe five or six months ago or something like that. Maybe even less. That's like when I got, that's like when I got on Twitter. Oh, okay. So that yeah, that's were... cool. <laughs> that's awesome. So, I mean, because I, I love, I mean, look, you know. When you can get somebody to laugh, right? You can get somebody. To, it's interesting. Um, it it kind of touches. Uh, it touches something at, at somebody's core, you know. And and I think that that's actually really important. And it's really interesting, right? You you got in like you just explained your story. We're gonna go back to a couple of things that you mentioned. Um, but you just explained, you know, your your story. Um, and the uh, how could I how could I explain this? Um, how could I how could I word this? I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out how to uh, how to put this together. Um, essentially, you got into Bitcoin and you decided, okay, how can I contribute? You know, it's it, I I find that very fascinating because uh, that's ex- that's exactly what I went through and a lot of other Bitcoiners that I know went through. They they get into Bitcoin, they get passionate, and then all of a sudden they decide. I want to contribute to this. I want to give something to this. Even if I get nothing in return, I just want to give to this. So I think that that's really yeah, I cool. wanted. I wanted to help make make a reality out of the future I saw I saw Bitcoin creating. 
and you know, I'm no, I'm not writing essays like Robert Breedlove. I'm not doing the Sailor series. Uh, I'm not, I'm not yelling at no corners like American Hoddle, trying to get them to stack as hard as they can. Um, I'm not pressing fish. I don't have, a, I don't have a network with me. Um, <laughs> I'm not Pierre Rochard. I don't have a, an accounting background where I can um, or chairs can go, or chairs. But he was sitting in the chair yesterday on the on the Toxic Happy Hour <laughs> podcast, and that he was not giving enough shit for how much sitting he was doing in that chair. That motherfucker. But I digress. <laughs> so anyway, my I wanted to contribute in a meaningful way. So what I decided to do was shit post. And... <laughs> you know, people people discount shit posting, but it really is meaningful. Oh, uh, you know what? I thought I was just out there having a good time until I uh, I watched Bitstein has a, a big block bloom presentation on memeing, and it's like my new Bible because. The guy, the guy takes meaning to uh, an art form. Oh, yeah. He um, he talks about how you flip a conversation on somebody through a meme that just like will utterly destroy the conversation. Like Twitter is a space that's just all argument, right? So it's not a debate where it's a formalized setting and there are rules with how you're supposed to debate with one another. You don't do ad hominem attacks. You don't. Uh, you don't belittle somebody on the stage. You don't just yell at them. But uh, Twitter is essentially a space where those rules go out the window, where in fact <laughs> you can yell at people, belittle them, make them feel as stupid as possible. Because honestly, if you're coming against Bitcoin at this point, you already look stupid as possible. I'm just throwing a mirror in your face. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's just... It's, it the, the ridiculous arguments that we're hearing, I, I mean, you know, the, the stuff from like, uh, even though I, I want to save it to go into it after, you know, but, you know, the crap that we hear from Nouriel, you know, from Francis, mm. uh, you know, from Francis and all these other random economists, you know, like, or, or econ like financial journalists or whatever the hell they want to call themselves. These people are all coming out of the woodwork and they're making complete fools of themselves, you know? Well, I get it. I get it, too, because like. These people have spent their entire lives. They've spent. They've they've manifested their entire self worth on this education they've gotten, and it's a, a fiat Keynesian mindset and education that works within their their worldview. Mm -hmm. It's a worldview that only works when you're being lied to by central banks, right? So Bitcoin comes out and goes. Here's truth every 10 fucking minutes. Can't fuck with my supply. Can't debase me. Um, have fun staying poor, everybody, if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna buy into this thing. And it's, it's freaking out the Norio Rubinis and the Francis Coppola's of the world who are so entrenched in this inflationary Keynesian lie mm -hmm. that I don't think they could see what Bitcoin is if they actually gave it a chance. I don't think they could. So let me ask you this, right? Because I, I often toss back and forth um, between this. Are, 
do you I mean, do you actually you know, do you actually think they believe what they're saying or that they or, or that they fully understand that they're full of shit, but they need a paycheck? Some of them. So like, uh, like Francis Coppola, I think she's some combination of believing what she's saying and needs a paycheck. So mm. she seems smart enough to understand. She was uh, on her recent podcast with, uh, with Pedro. She was talking about um, she was rooting for Bitcoin as it was trying to uh, subvert the banks in uh, as a uh, as a uh, means of not a means of settlement, but a uh, uh, a means of transaction. Okay, money. And, but then she used that to launch into an argument about how it failed and it needs bigger blocks. So it's just ah, oh, bigger either, blocks, right? So either uh. she didn't do her homework or she's actively using FUD, and I'm not sure which it is with her. Um, somebody like Ray Dalio has been interesting to watch come around mm -hmm. on the subject. Is Ray somebody whose thought process I really respect? Uh, He's, he came up with the idea of meritocracy for his company so that I, great ideas come to the forefront. Mm -hmm. um, and he discounted Bitcoin for a long time until, what, a month ago where he shut yeah. that Like, I may have misunderstood what this thing is. And I was like, okay, way to go. Right? Yep. But you, and you see right there, you're, you're, you're seeing like that, you know. So right there, that to me hints at why Ray Dalio is Ray Dalio. He's willing, he's willing to reassess, like, it doesn't just become dogmatic belief and it stops at the door. He'll sit there, he'll reassess what he's looking at and decide, okay, you know what? I've got this new information, I've understood this information, and now I'm thinking different thoughts as a result of it. Maybe I got this wrong. You we know? also got to think about what kind of position he was in before that. So, I mean, his fund is not doing great. I, don't th I think it's underperforming the NASDAQ and the S&P right now. He's in a situation where I don't think he understands what exactly is happening because we should have at this point had his beautiful deleveraging. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, should have. But it's not the catalyst that I think he was expecting. Coronavirus has done the opposite and really kind of yep. hockey stick this up. And I don't think he expected that as he, as a base case scenario or even a, uh, a tail risk. Um so he's looking at trying to get some alpha out of a system where he doesn't really get what's happening. So PE ratios are out of control. You're looking at something like 95% of all companies on publicly traded exchanges have uh, are zombie corporations, right? They're, they're negative cash flows. They just they don't they don't make money. Oh yeah. Um, how do you if you're Ray? How do you invest in a company that doesn't make money? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Gold looks like shit. Um, gold miners are, I guess, okay. Eh, I I, okay. But that brings me to Peter Schiff, who I think Peter Schiff knows what he's doing. Yeah. Peter Schiff's a fuck. <laughs> yes, I totally agree, which is, I, I've, you know, I got to say, I've blocked him and unblocked him 50 times because as much as I hate to see his garbage, I hate to see his garbage go unquestioned. So I feel that it's almost an obligation to sit there and make noise in, in his feed. Mm -hmm. just, Absolutely. Just so that his stupidity isn't the only thing out there. That, that same reason like, I'm not leaving. Same know? reason I'm not leaving Twitter for, for like Mastodon entirely. Yeah. You know, I definitely will stay on Twitter. So, uh, so, 
I, I, I'm sorry. I have to say something about Mastodon. Although I totally Go love on. it. I, although I totally love it. Okay. I, I love that it's all Bitcoiners. I, I, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I got to agree with uh, with Owie on this one. Um, Owie Dieter Bob. I, I mean, it, it's just it, it's a whole like Bitcoin circle jerk, right? Like I think it, I, I think it's all ye. Ah, yeah, I can never pronounce it right. I can't tell if it's ah, ye or or ah, we or I, I don't know. Th- get him are, on here. Let's figure this shit out. I've, tr- I've tr- <laughs> man, I've tried. I- I've tried to get him on. You know, he he keeps he keeps dodging me. It's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna bug him. I'm gonna tell him that we shit on him a bit on this episode. So well, he'll, we, ha- we he'll have meme, to listen. We can meme him. We can meme him into the show. We'll get on it. <laughs> Greg, help you know, we, me. We'll meme it into reality. Nice. <laughs> nice. The memes are powerful. <laughs> they are. They are powerful. They are. Okay. He's super powerful. Before before we dive into the uh, the memes are powerful though because even though we've been talking about it, I want to go back to something that you said uh, you were a Warren Buffett fan Uh-oh. now yeah no it's okay it's all good no pain um, so I, I was a, when I first okay before Bitcoin right because I'm an old man you know unlike you uh, and so when I when I first started there was no hope right you would learn about the fact that the money was fake and then you'd realize the only hope you had was metal and that's when you'd realize it's depressing. So then you start to think, all right, well, you know, what can I do? The only thing you have left after that to make outsized returns is equities, okay? And again, outsized returns is a, it's, it, it's an illusion because at the end of the day, what we all have come to understand is that because of the money printing, right, um, and all the bullshit, our, whatever we've actually stored is, is, being, uh, is being sucked away from under us. So yeah. the, what seems like outsized returns is really just keeping up with the rate of inflation. Um, it's just institutional theft being, uh, yeah, institutionalized theft being, and your money's just being redirected into equities. That's all. That's it. So yeah. it forces you into becoming, a, a, you know, all of a sudden, you know, okay, so most people are not going to become an investor. How many people have the time to do the research every, you know, every day, find a stock, do that? What are you going to do? Nobody. Right? You're going to go and pay somebody to do this. They're going to give you dog shit returns while they make commission you know they're just more friction in the system yeah you know so it leaves you with nothing and for me like that's all i had left so of course what was what was i to do i want to i want to make i want to be able to conserve my value into the future without having to exert so much effort so who do you go look at you go look at the people who have made the biggest returns with the least amount of work and we find and we find Warren Buffett, because you see, as you know, Warren Buffett isn't really a trader; he's a no. he's he's a value investor, okay. Mm-hmm. And as a value investor, he goes and finds companies that he believes are undervalued, right, or fairly valued, or fairly valued, right, and it's a competitive moat, exactly a competitive moat, right, and a fairly low price to earnings ratio, which essentially should expand into the future and a company that can be run by somebody who's an idiot because at some point it will be run by an idiot there you go but you know what i mean like it's like these were all the things that you go and you look at the way that he did things and it's like i can mimic this and it's interesting yes you can mimic this most people don't because it's boring as fuck okay he was my first introduction to hodling Exactly. Me, same here, man. That's he, his whole strategy. Exactly. You buy he's, a hodler. he's a hodler. He's a hodler. As much as he Absolutely. doesn't want to admit it, he's like Warren Buffett is the original hodler. Him and Charlie Munger. You know? I... Oh, no, not Charlie. Charlie's his partner. 
Well, I was about to say Benjamin Graham, but Benjamin oh. Graham did not wasn't a hodler in the same way Warren is. Warren took Benjamin's system. Benjamin was a traitor for yeah. sure. Yeah, Benjamin was a traitor. He so hold on a second. Benjamin, his book, uh, which anybody if anybody's interested in this, is the Intelligent Investor. That's one of them. Which I don't know if he ever wrote anything That's else. That's the book. That is yeah, the book, right? That's the book. That's the only one I've read, and I have to say that was another one that really opened my eyes um, to understanding um, essentially compound uh, compound interest, actually, and the superpower that it is. Okay, and and that. That is the key, like people. So, anyways, not to. I, I'm dragging this out totally, but essentially, <laughs> um, that put me in the camp of okay, my way out of this system is to work, take as much as I possibly can, put it into these boring as fuck companies, and just keep doing what's called a drip program, which is dividend reinvestment, right? So every quarter, they these companies that you you purchase shares of, they pay you a dividend and instead of taking the cash out or leaving it in a cash account, it immediately purchases shares for you. And you it's just- like a turbocharger. Exactly. And then eventually yeah. in 15, 20 years, you've created a salary that you don't have to work for. Mm -hmm. That's the ideal situation. That is the ideal situation. And then, and then I found- 2008. That exactly, right? <laughs> and then fucking 2008. And you're like, holy shit. <laughs> None of this is real. None it, of this is real. None of it. And we find Bitcoin. And I swear to you, as soon as I found Bitcoin, it was like, okay, so like, you know, like you, I did a whole bunch of shit coining. But as soon as I realized mm -hmm. this is what I've been trying to do all along, I, I don't want to sit there and have to become a trader or an equity investor. I don't want to become an expert in somebody else's company and how they no. make money. No, it's so fucking easy, too. It's stupid easy. Right? You just buy it and then you sit on it. And then you buy more and you sit on it and you don't do anything. It's just, don't the Charlie Munger phrase is uh, what? Don't just do something. Sit there. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, that's the strategy. That is absolutely the strategy. So I got to ask you, which Warren, which I'm curious, which Warren Buffett books <laughs> did you read or did, or which one did you read? Well, I started with intelligent investor. Uh, I read the snowball. Um, cool. And there's one other book in the mix that I can't think of the name, um, but it was uh, it was definitely another biography of Warren Buffett. I was uh, big into Robert Kiyosaki in high school. I read uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad series, that whole thing. That was great. Uh, it seems like a lot of Bitcoiners follow that same trajectory: the Robert Kiyosaki, Warren mm. Buffett, Ray Dalio <laughs> train, <laughs> and then find Bitcoin. Oh, but yeah. I mean, if you if you can if you've gone through the the rich dad poor dad study warren buffett study ray dalio phases you're already primed for bitcoin you're primed so by the time you find it, you're like oh and you know in 2016 i wish you know fuck you robert breedlove for not writing the number zero in bitcoin in 2016 because <laughs> i would have been holding longer you son of a bitch now <laughs> uh. it's on me it's on me god damn it <laughs> Stupid, stupid responsibility enforced, forced right. on us through Bitcoin. Now we're all personally responsible. Okay, so so hold on, though. The, the book, was it possibly The Warren Buffett Way? Was it possibly that? There it okay. is. 
And the reason why I ask that is because that was the original Warren Buffett book that I read even before I read The Intelligent Investor or a Securities Analysis um, was... Securities Analysis, by the way, is one of the driest um, books I've ever read. I haven't read, read that one. It's, it, it's, a, it's, it's like a dictionary of, of finance and, and pretty like much... Like Human Action by Mises. I, exactly. It's, it's like Human it's Action a, for investing. Um, it's, it's, it's the reading equivalent of eating chalk. Yeah. Yeah. It, it pretty much is. Like, I, I honestly, I, it was like, as I was reading it, I'm like, this is painful, but I have to do it's this. Hurts. Right. You know? It's good information. Yeah. If the chalk was good for you. <laughs> I mean, chalk is chalk really bad for us? I don't really know. I, I haven't seen any evidence to suggest that my chalk eating habits are hurting me. So, I mean, I might just start continue. Is chalk worse than Tide Pods? That's the question. I, no, I think no way. Nope. No way. Uh, it's clearly. That's why we're all still I, I, alive. I like your argument, and I think I'm going to stand by it. <laughs> there we go. You know, we got the kids coming in the background. They know the chalk is better. Yeah. They know the chalk <laughs> is better. <laughs> chalk and Elmer's Kid Glue is the best. Okay? You can eat Elmer's Kid Glue like there's no tomorrow and not get sick. Elmer's Kid Glue is good. I was, uh, I was always a fan of wall candy. You know, that lead-based paint, you just peel it off the wall. Oh, yeah. Mm. Phenomenal. And if you get one of those good chunks, it's almost like chewy a bit. Yeah, a little bit chewy. You know, it's good. It's almost like, it's almost like a score bar, you know? A little crunchy, a little chewy, sweet. Okay. We're not condoning eating random stuff off the wall or Tide yeah, Pods or chalk. This is all time and cheap. This, this is all wrong. Yeah, this is all wrong. <laughs> um, but, um, okay, to go back to the, the, the Warren Buffett way, I'm so sorry. Okay. That book is what totally got me to to under uh, to at least start thinking about uh, about compound interest and and he did it through um, through stuff like the story of Coca Cola and you yes. know and and the story of how he invested in Coca Cola and and the logic behind it you know like and and he made some very good points you know like Coca Cola is sold in two hundred and thirty seven countries around the world. It's not going out of business tomorrow. Nope. You know, like the cost structure is it's water and sugar, right? They, they, you know what? They don't even own. You could be stupid and run the company. Exactly. It's it's like stuff like that, you know, or companies like Procter and Gamble. I mean, don't get me wrong, but whether we're in poverty or not, we still got to shave. We're still got to shower. We still got to use soap. Speak speak for yourself, okay? I, I, I forgot. We're, we're Bitcoiners. Yeah. No, he, uh, he, 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 Warren Buffett said he always sleeps better knowing that, uh, what do you say, like 100 million men in the United States are growing facial hair at night. <laughs> he knows they got to shave. Bunch, he owned a bunch of Gillette. <laughs> That's right. It, it's true. And Gillette is owned by Procter & Gamble now. So, you know, stuff like that. It's it's just really, um, it's, it's really crazy stuff. But, um, okay, so when you read about Warren Buffett, um, did, I guess, did Bitcoin already exist? No, no. I started reading about Warren Buffett in maybe 2005, 2006. So what was your, so when you read about this, right? Like, I, I'm guessing that, you know, you kind of felt that, hey, you know, I'm going to one day, you know, have a family or whatever it is. Like, you know, how do I protect my wealth? Like, what was your, I, I'm just curious, like, what was your plan before, you know, before Bitcoin? I didn't want to work my entire life, right? I didn't want to. I didn't want to work until I died. 
That's yeah. that was that was it. I just wanted to escape that trap. Yep. And I was in the process of failing out of college when I was reading Warren. Um, so I would not go to class. I would play Halo. I would drink. I would read Warren Buffett and Rich Dad Poor Dad. And it seems to have worked out so far. Uh, I agree. Just, uh, no, dude. <laughs> hey, listen, you know what? Um, don't get me wrong, but like, you know, I, I went, I did a professional program that, that was a year and a half, you know, that was equivalent to college credits in network administration. You know, it's yep. like I, I did that. And, uh, you know, in my wife's case, she went to university. She's much more educated than me, a lot smarter than me. Um, you know, way more credentials than I will ever have. And it's, it's like night and day, you know? So it's, it, you know, it's whatever path works for you. I went into a, I went into a trade and made a bunch of money, got my ass uh, certified in network administration, a lot of programming and a bunch of different uh, systems. And, and somehow ended up learning about Bitcoin. I'm just glad I ended up at Bitcoin. It's really weird. Hey, it's so strange, right? And this is why I always ask about the rabbit hole stories about how we came here, because you also said that you were into sci-fi and you were talking about the universe. Okay, so before, um, what, I guess, do you rem do you recall any of the books that you've read about that? And the one in particular that I'm thinking of, one that really got me to uh, totally expand my mind was the uh, the Holographic Universe by, by Michael Talbot. I haven't read that one. No? What, uh... It, no, but I'm, I'm familiar with the theory of a holographic universe. Cool! So what do you think? Are we are we I in a hologram? Uh, I think it's in entirely possible. Um, and... I try not to think about it too much because there's nothing I can do about it if we are. Uh, <laughs> the, the one that's really interesting to me is the, um is whether or not we're in a simulation. Yes. And I think the answer, I think the answer is yes. Me too. I definitely think we are. I think, I, it, I think it's for sure. I totally agree with you. I, I, I completely agree. Okay, so hold on. Okay, because obviously now we're going to go into the Matrix type stuff. I, okay, cool. Okay, so, so deja vus. Are, are they really like a, a glitch in, in, in the Matrix? Because I, I got to tell you. Uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's I like, don't know. I, I got, it feels like it. Doesn't it? Feels it? Like it when it happens? <laughs> like, when, when it happens, right? It's You're like, like, oh, shit. I've seen That's this happen. I've seen this happen already. I already know what you're going to say because we've we've done this already. Like, isn't it a glitch? No, it's, um, I don't know. It's just one of those things that, like, it feels like the right answer. It just, it, it feels like the right answer. So if there's... If you believe that in the multiverse theory, if you believe that uh, everything that can happen does happen and reality is just branch off into different universes constantly, right? So like, doesn't that sound like a simulation anyway? <laughs> it does. So, okay. Doesn't that already sound like something's running probabilities on what can happen and what will happen? It just... So when we die, do we wake up? Like, do we wake up in the lab or the office or wherever it is that we're sitting, like the pod? And, like, everybody that we were in the simulation with is, is there? Like, how does that work? Like, the people who haven't woken up yet? Or, or, or is your code just going to sto cold storage? Or when you, or when you die, do you, do you go to a different level of consciousness? Do you, do you find yourself uh, another piece of yourself in another dimension? Right. Oh, we're getting real cosmic with this. No, and but it's Bitcoin true. There. 
is Bitcoin there? That's a good question. Okay, so wait, so hold on. I, oh, I, no, I no, would no, have no, to I'm say yes. <laughs> okay. All right, so if Bitcoin is, Bitcoin's just a reflection of natural law, right? It's, it's a mm-hmm. fractal of natural law. It is a, a reality given human concepts, right? So it's, it's something that we've created and now we can turn it around in our heads, think about it, play with it. And, you know, all, all, all it really does is it, it reflects the reality of the universe back at us, right? So here's, here's monetary energy. This is what it is. It's stable. It's pure. It's truth every 10 minutes, right? So if, if Bitcoin exists in this level of reality, it's a fractal of something else in a different level of reality. So yeah, maybe Bitcoin exists in a different dimension, in a higher dimension, lower dimension, whatever. I, would, <laughs> I guess they're all higher. Well, I, I mean, okay, so so that's interesting. I don't know. I'd say they're all equal but different, right? Um, the, the, it's like... They what? They what? Uh, the dimensions. The dimensions are all just simply... I, at least no, that's they're not. I, they're no? not equal. They're not equal at all. Look at the two-dimensional drawing. Can you jump off the page? No, you can smash them. That's true. That's a good point. Hmm. Right? So something in a higher dimension, something experiencing a higher dimensionality than us looks at us the same way we look at a two-dimensional drawing. Hmm. Okay, we'll but never see, we'll never see that we're just flat on paper. But we supposedly exist in all these different dimensions at the same time, if we believe in that. Yeah, but it right? doesn't like, mean our consciousness. It doesn't mean that we can perceive the other dimensions. This is... It? This is true. We can't perceive them necessarily, but that would mean to me that Bitcoin exists in every single permeation uh, of these dimensions, or at least in every permeation of these realities, because or it ex- because it exists or, in this one. Or the truth that Bitcoin reflects exists in all of those realities as well. <laughs> Back to shit posting. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I'm writing that down. Back to in all the shit. realities. That that is amazing. I'm serious, dude. Are you kidding me? This is gold. It's gold. <laughs> it's better than gold. Exactly. It's better than gold. It's Bitcoin. You know. Um, oh man, this is this has been crazy. Okay, okay. So, um. I, let me ask you about this. And this is like we're getting out of the cosmic realm and going back into into reality. All right. I'm All right. With you. All right. So obviously Bitcoin, you know, Bitcoin's gotten to 40K, made a whole bunch of people re-recognize it again. And all of a sudden, all the, the FUD, yay, Bitcoin, it's not dead. Okay. But for no, those... No, no, we're in a bear market. We went all the way Oh, to that's 30. right. You're right. Oh, yeah, it died. From it, 10. It's MySpace. Yeah. Yeah, it's totally my space. Okay, so so let me ask you this because I I see this I, I see this a lot. Um, what do you think of the the narrative that because Bitcoin is volatile, it is not a store of value? <laughs> and, and right? I need a minute. Who gives a fuck? It's store value. The whole point. The whole point is you just sit your 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 monetary energy in the store value, right? And a good store value just keeps the monetary energy at the same level. 
all right, Bitcoin's volatile, which is fucking awesome. It's volatile to the downside, which, which sucks, but it's real volatile to the upside, which is awesome. Yep. And, you know, vol volatility is, is two sides of the same coin. If you can't figure out that volatility to the upside is a good thing, even though volatility to the bad side, to the downside is a bad thing, then that's on you, you fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> it's true. You buy the Bitcoin, you sit on the Bitcoin, and then in the future, if you want to spend it, you sell it or you use it to, to purchase the things that you want. I mean, it's, it's a fantastic store of value. Volatility. This I, is stupid. It's a stupid argument. Is that not the worst? I, I, it's like every single time I see that. So first of all, every time somebody brings up the volatility thing, I always, right away, I go to price discovery. I want an asset to go through price discovery, regardless of yeah. what that asset is. Th th this to me is a healthy growth. A like it it's a a natural organism that's growing out. It's volatile. Great, I can smash by when it goes down. Thank exactly. <laughs> you know, it's uh, Thank it's you, so frustrating. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shout out to Swan. They're our sponsor too. You know, so okay. why not? Shout they sponsor out everybody. I think if you I think if you say you have a podcast, you get a couple grand from them. Does that yeah. work? It's it, no. Uh, we definitely no. no, definitely do not get. No. Money, uh, I mean, somebody's getting paid, uh, but it's not somebody's all the, getting paid. Somebody's getting paid, but it's not the uh, all the podcasters. Um, but they do, <laughs> but they do other stuff for us. You know, they 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 do other stuff. They shill our yeah, stuff. They, they take care of you. You know, they they bring us yeah. into clubhouse chats. You know, and, and stuff like that. And it's fun. I love that. Great stuff. content. They have great content. Awesome content, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and I, not course, as good as yours. Not as good as yours. Uh, I, th I think, I think Corey would debate that. I think Corey would debate that. Corey will debate anything. Yeah. What are you talking I, about? <laughs> I, I love, I honestly, uh, Corey is one of those people. I, I uh, got to meet him before Swan Bitcoin, before he ever started that. And he was one of my favorite Bitcoiners to, you know, from the beginning so it was, it's really cool to see him and brady and everybody else on that team i'm sorry for not mentioning everyone else on the team uh that okay. you know what they're doing with swan you know it, it's really cool yeah we should we should stop devoting time to swan though because yeah i wanted to, i wanted to devote some air time to something i don't hear enough people talking about hey shoot all man right. let's do it all right so i've been jeff booth has got me thinking about exponentials constantly and thank you, Jeff. And I hate you, Jeff. But now my brain can't stop working and thinking about exponentials, um, how technology is driving exponential inflation and the central banks are driving exponential inflation to try to counter it and how the invention of Bitcoin. And so people say discovery of Bitcoin. I'm, I'm, it's an invention. People invented it. It's an engineering invention. Deal with it. Um, when they talk about these market caps that Bitcoin is going to eat, like the store value function in the equities market, the store value function in gold, the store value function in real estate, um, that's all denominated in, uh, it's all denominated in dollars, first off, which is wrong. Uh, and it's all, it's all based in a system that has a broken base layer, broken value base layer. And when you fix it by inserting Bitcoin into that value base layer, you now enable exponential growth in areas that you 
otherwise would not have have recognized in the same way that the introduction of the internet created exponential growth through uh, you know, science and sales and economics and video mm-hmm. distribution. So like the impact that Bitcoin will have on the value creation and productivity of the economy is going to have an exponential step function size improvement over the existing systems. When they're looking at people are saying like $5 million Bitcoin, $10 million Bitcoin, $100 million Bitcoin, like they're all lowballing it. Yeah. And I don't know if they're lowballing on purpose or I don't know if anybody's not thought of what's going to happen once you have your base layer of value fixed. Um, Or people just don't want to sound crazy talking about valuations of Bitcoin that are just moonshots real moonshots i i <laughs> but, think uh, oh sorry go ahead but yeah I, I, I just want to end with like that i think i think in like 10 15 20 years this thing is just gonna be if you're holding a uh, bitcoin you're gonna be insanely wealthy it you know what i i think you uh th- this is actually a great topic to uh to, to wrap up on because <laughs> exponentials okay if there's anything i've learned and i'm trying to remember which book i read uh that was explaining this it could have been one of taleb's books um but uh essentially it's that uh human you know the the human brain has is really bad at um predicting the Oh, it is probably it, so. It is Jeff. Yeah, price it, of tomorrow. The price. Yeah. Okay, the price of tomorrow. Sorry, you know, you start reading them all, but uh, they all get mixed together. But um, you know, we are terrible at at assessing terrible. the you know and predicting the future. Number one and number two, I can tell you that when I picture in my mind ten million dollar Bitcoin, I feel like it's it's impossible because of. The fact that, like, I shouldn't say that it's impossible, that it's improbable because it's like my mind has never had to go there before for an asset. So it almost seems, number one, too good to be true. Number two, it, it seems outlandish. It seems like a fantasy. But that's not because of objectivity towards that information. That's because of the lack of objectivity and and the lack of ability, I think, to... Uh, essentially to assess the exponential possibilities of Bitcoin. Yeah, I mean, when I, when I think about Bitcoin because of Jeff Booth now, when I think about where <laughs> I think it's going, I think that I am, I, I assume that my guesses about where it's going are lower than they should be by an order of magnitude. Yeah. I, I totally I, agree. But that's how-, that's how I try to readjust and reassess where I think it's headed. But how do you, but how do you feel about that? Like, like when you, because I, I'm, I'm in the same camp. Like I sit there, I look at those numbers and I think I'm lowballing. but like, then I sit there and I'm like, am I being, am I being fucking crazy? Right? Like that, that's what I mean, I guess. Like when when you feel that way, do you question yourself after? Oh, I'm I'm reality checking myself on a, on a daily basis. Like, (laughs) This isn't real. And then Bitcoin just fucking shoots up again. And there's news that like uh, Venezuela might be mining and Iran might be mining. And I mean, just uh, at this point, Phil, doesn't it look to you like it's inevitable? Doesn't the game theory look inevitable at this point? Like they're trapped. Central banks are trapped in what they have to do. They have to print. Governments are trapped in what they have to do. They have to inject money through the treasury. 
corporations are trapped in what they have to do. Michael Saylor trapped him. He shot the gun, starting gun off. Right yep. now, if you're not putting Bitcoin on the balance sheet or at least thinking about it, you might be fucked. Yep. You might be fucked hard. Yep. <laughs> and, and PR Richard's talking about it too with governments. Like they need to be stacking, they need to be stacking, not sats, they need to be stacking old Bitcoins. Yeah. Big ones, lots of them. Because if you don't have a Bitcoin treasury, you're out of luck too. Yep. Breach. It's, All right, I got to stack sats. It's a foregone, it, it seems to me to be a foregone conclusion at this point. And thinking like that is, like, you never want to think like you have all the answers, right? Yeah. Because that's that's a trap to lose a lot of money, too. Absolutely. Uh, the cup but is holy full. shit, if it, does, if it doesn't look like everything's lining up the way it needs to line up for this to work. <laughs> like, you, you know, there's something that I've said um, on, on my podcast uh, from the beginning and this is probably one of my first decent tweets when I first started was um, every single day I, I wake up and I try to destroy Bitcoin and every day I can't. So I buy more of it. Yeah. Like that's okay. pretty much what happens. Like I sit there, I run through my ideas. I come through all the different scenarios. Oh, what about this? Oh, wait, there's this. And then I find the reason why that doesn't work and Bitcoin still lives, you know? So yeah, can't kill it. Nope. All right, dude. Any final thoughts for the uh, for the listeners, man? Because we're gonna wrap it up. This has been a killer, killer chat. Uh, find me on Twitter, Greg Zaj One. Same handle on Mastodon and Instagram. Uh, come for the killer memes. Stay for the killer memes and the shit posting. <laughs> and uh, stack sats, man. I had a blast, Bill. Thanks for having me on, dude. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you guys liked my discussion with Greg. I had a great time. He is such a great character and we totally get along. Anyways, um, if you know if you want to reach him, his, um, his details will be in the show notes. Um, as always, if you want to reach me on Twitter or Telegram, I am at CoinIcarus. If you want to shoot me an email, I am CoinIcarus at funwithbitcoin.com. Thank you all for listening. Catch you all next time.